0: Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast, which according to the ratings is rapidly gaining traction out there. To those of you who have spread the word and or left positive comments on iTunes, thank you. We aim to please and your feedback is quite valuable to us. I think I speak for John, Jason and everybody else involved in this podcast and say we're real happy with how things have been evolving here and our goal is to make it that much better. Today, we're going to be talking about photography blogs, review sites, and lest we forget those oh-so-addictive photo rumor sites, coffee would not be the same without them. Our guests today are Kevin Raber, the CEO and publisher of Luminous Landscape, and Jason J. Herman, founder and publisher of Sony Alpha Lab. Kevin, welcome to you. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. And Jason, welcome to you too. Thanks for having me. A Pleasure to be here. Full disclosure, Luminous Landscape and Sony Alpha Lab are both B&H affiliates, which means you can click on links to many of the products mentioned on these sites, purchase them from B&H and other affiliate vendors. In return, Luminous Landscape and Sony Alpha Lab receive a small percentage of the sale. That said, let's talk about the history of these sites. Kevin, Luminous Landscape is one of the original site's for photography. It goes back to 1999, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty much when digital started. Give us a little bit of the background, how it started, why it started, whose idea it was.
1: Well, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version, although it probably turned into a novel because it does have a lot of history. Uh, The founder of the site is Michael Reichman. Uh, Many of our readers know him, and uh, he was encouraged to start the site, uh, by his partner and uh, friend, Chris Sanderson. And it was like, Michael started doing kind of like a little blog sort of thing. And he said, well, you know, we should turn this into something bigger. And of course it was right at the, the, the dawn of the digital age. And Michael just kind of started picking up cameras, playing with them. And, you know, he developed a, a word and a following, uh, Mainly because he was a good writer, but also he was a good articulator. And his articles helped people understand uh, the digital changes that were taking place. You know, how to move from analog to digital, what the different formats were, and uh, readership just built up as, you know, we see with a lot of different sites uh, exponentially.
0: Who's the competition back then, or was there any?
1: Well, I don't know if you can really ever say, and I, I have had this discussion with Chris and Michael many times in the web business, I don't consider there to be competition. It's not like you know we're selling products and see who gets a bigger sale. Um, you can look at the ratings and other things like that. Uh, but at that particular time, there weren't too many other sites. So Rob Goldbreth, for one, and, and uh, Fred Miranda, There's some of the old guys out there that are, and they're really probably not old guys, but I mean old as far I as think sites go. there's also
0: digital darkroom I used to cover back then, but then he got married and have a kid and never came back. Yeah, you know, some know? of
1: them come in so. and come out, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of interesting the way it evolves. Um, what happened is um, there were some health issues with Michael a few years ago, and um, in my relationship with Michael when I was with Phase one selling him some digital backs and we became friends and would go out shooting together and over a couple glasses of wine and this is the way it sometimes happens. you know I had mentioned to him I said, if you ever thought you want to do something different or needed some help or wanted to you know move on to some other projects let me know because you know this would be a cool thing Site to work for and do things with, because we shared the same passion. And I must tell you if there's one thing between Chris and Michael and myself that we have um, is it's a it's a passion. It's a passion to share, it's a passion to teach. you know, and it's a passion about you know the website. And some of the cool things that have happened along the way, we also started doing videos. We did some of the very first tutorial videos on. Uh, Lightroom, and uh, we also made video journals. So we would do travels and to go with photographers elsewhere. and uh, eventually these video journals were a subscription and you could buy a DVD and they would be shipped to you and eventually it became electronic and you know now it's just the whole you know side of the video content on our on our website. We don't actually do journals anymore because otherwise you'd wait six months to get all the content that we're releasing on a regular basis. Right. So, you know, it's kind of grown and changed, and it's been a a lot of fun. So, I'm happy to be part of it now and um, essentially the CEO and publisher. It's basically me doing the site with Chris at this point, and Michael has moved on to. Uh, still contribute articles and, and have uh, doing some fun stuff, but his focus is on the endowment, and maybe we can talk about
0: that we're what we're doing with that to, you know, later one on. One question I do, was it red or white wine that you had at that meeting? <laughs> I'm a red wine guy. <laughs> Jay, you came along about 10 years later. Your site started off about 2009, a whole different uh, uh, landscape, uh, to borrow a word. Yeah. Um, tell us about how you got started in
2: well, you know, uh, it's, I started similarly in a lot of ways. I, I, I was inspired by amazing websites like Luminous Landscape, for example. And, uh, you know, I, I decided that once I figured out how to do photography and was doing a lot of professional work, I, I, I enjoy helping people, it seemed like. And I figured, let me start making some tutorials and things like that. So I went down that road and then uh, started reviewing cameras. And when I got my hands on a Sony Nex C3... That was the first camera, first Sony camera I ever got. I was blown away by the the cost, the the size, the weight, and the quality uh, of the, the unit. So I decided at that point to might not fire up a site and dedicate it to just Sony equipment for the most part, and that's when Sony Alpha Lab was born in 2009. And it's since then involved evolved to uh, YouTube videos as well, so now I do video reviews and... Um, You know, basically content articles uh, describing how to use the camera, what the camera is capable of doing, and perhaps best practices and user experience. I try to share like real world perspective as opposed to highly technical um, because there's already sites that do that. Um, So I try to focus more on the the regular everyday shooter, uh, I guess is a a good way to put it. Who Um, discovered
0: who? Did you discover Sony or did Sony discover you?
2: I don't know. I got the camera. I wasn't really interested in Sony. I was a Canon guy. I mean, I had Canon 5D <laughs> Mark II and all the you know all the L lenses and all that, and I never even considered Sony, like, no offense, I mean, at the time, but... Uh, so how come you're not uh, Canon Labs? Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of other sites that already do that, okay. was one reason, but more, I just, that, Canon is, in my opinion, like, hardcore pro gear, and it's just... Their lower end gear, in my opinion, just isn't as good for the money as Sony. Like, and, and the mirrorless form factor was just revolutionary. It just blew my mind that this little compact camera with a sh- such a short flange distance would allow you to attach any lens. And the versatility of that, it just overwhelms me. I just was like, I can't believe I can use any lens on this camera and from any manufacturer with an adapter And I need to show people that this is possible. Like you can get vintage lenses on eBay for pennies and shoot amazing stuff that you'd never be able to do normally with a, you know, $400 camera body. It's just, you can't do that with Canon and Nikon and, uh, you know, so that was what was just overwhelming. Like I just, it just grabbed me. It just grabbed me, and I was like, I got to investigate this further. And then just started getting more and more into it. You know, and then full frame came out, and it was like, oh my god, full frame.
0: So, do you think that your sites and all of the other ones out there are are the magazines of the day? Because it's it, it seems that we have. It used to be a uh, you go into a, a newsstand and you have a bunch of photo magazines, just slews of them. Now you have like three or four of them, maybe. Uh, okay, seven if you count the international market and you have a zillion photo sites. Are, are these the new magazines? Are they the replaced magazines? That's the impression that I get.
1: Well, there are, there are some sites that basically are making an electronic version of a magazine and there's some good ones out there um, that publish a, a magazine every month uh, digitally. But if you take a look at Luminous Landscape, for example, we try to publish something every three days. So if you take that times the amount of days per month, most likely you're getting more articles and more content that you would uh, than you
0: would from a magazine itself. And you also have the option uh, uh, of correcting mistakes, whereas a printed magazine doesn't. Once it goes out, that's, that's it. it. It's, it's true. Gone. It's,
1: it's funny about the way we publish. Um, it's very organic. I, I That's one tend, of the
0: things I like about sites,
1: yeah, you know, and and well, it is. If somebody points out, we sometimes will have a reader point out. Well, do you know you made a spelling error or that your you know proper punctuation? This comes from the they Brits. Wouldn't yeah. be so rude. <laughs> I, get, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get, you know, come on, Constantly. man. You know,
0: I, I did. It's I, reassuring I, to know they actually read them. That's right. Well, and <laughs> and, nice. we are,
1: and it is. It's you know, we can just go in and do a quick edit. But yep. normally our publishing process is when I write something, I tend to write like I talk. So I have somebody who then goes in and uh, corrects and looks at grammar and so forth, so that we do maintain some quality. Uh, Chris then goes in and he kind of goes through it. So we all kind of, you know, rake through the articles that we do with each other to make sure that, uh, you know, eventually it, it comes out to be something it, on the clean is it side. Is the staff of three though? Really? Or that do is what. It's st- and, it's all we are. It's a very small company, and we work very very long hard hours because it's amazing how much time it takes i just that's something when it's i started unconscionable. people yeah, have it's like, no idea oh, how hard no could ideas. this be to
0: run a website you know well <laughs> is, is it safe to assume sony alpha lab is also not is under under 100 employees it's
2: just me. <laughs> yeah, It's just me. safe to assume yeah, yeah. how
0: would you come up with the name um,
2: I just like the lab, the term lab. You know, I I had this vision in my mind to set up a lab downstairs to do testing, and I wanted it to be 3D. I didn't want just this flat lab like, um, you know, DP Review has, for example, like when they do that test chart. So I always had this in the back of my mind of a lab, like, uh, you know, like bubbling, you know, out of just <laughs> LA. So like. Um, man,
3: man cave didn't work. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: Breaking bad a little bit. <laughs> 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 Do you have a Winnebago? <laughs> but uh, yeah, was, that's pretty much where it came from. I and mean, uh, Sony Alpha made sense. Um, you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have used that la- name um, because Sony won't talk to me. And it's because Sony's in my name. So if it wasn't a Sony site, I'd probably have all the Sony equipment just coming to me for free all the time. Oh really? But it, uh, because so they, they will so not you, even so recognize So you put their me. name out,
0: and they're not talking to
2: they you. They won't recognize my site. No, I've contacted them, tried many, many, many times. They just like, sorry, uh, legally, your name, we can't. Your name can't be in the categories. It can't be on the title. Nothing. So they have nothing. But that unfortunately, I learned that after the fact. But in the end it doesn't matter as as you said it's like it, it, you just put out good content and you do what you do and and people will if they like it they'll come back and and look forward to new articles so i just do it that way i don't really worry about that stuff you know it's not important at this point in my life you know i just want to do a good article you know and help people and
0: But they never stop you from using the name Sony in oh, no. the name of your company. They never
2: tried to. So no. they
0: don't mind you putting their name out there but Okay.
1: Well, there are a lot of sites with Sony's name oh, and I should sure. do a, the, yeah. Holy cow. You know, Sony Alpha rumors and Sony this and Sony that. They must not be
2: talking to a lot of people. Well, Sony Alpha rumors, I know they Sony was going after them. And they had, we were they were debating changing their name at one point, but then Sony backed off. And uh so that they never came after me, but I, I remember reading that. So
3: How did Luminous Landscape get that
1: name? Oh, I I, I originally uh, we were probably more focused on uh, the landscape photographer. And I know Michael and Chris uh, batted around a number of ideas, and one word led to another, and it turned out to be an appropriate... uh, One drink led uh, to another. Well, (laughs) most likely back then. I wasn't part
0: of the the naming process, (laughs) but I'm (laughs) sure there was alcohol involved somewhere (laughs) along the line. (laughs) Question for you. How long did it take before you were able to comfortably say... It's been worth it. And did that moment come before or at the point where the site became profitable?
2: Uh, pretty quickly, actually. Um, the, the feedback came back right away. Like, um, you know, I thank you for the, this type of review. You know, you're more real world. You, you talk, you write how you talk, similar to what Kevin just said. And, uh, and you're helpful. Like, you answer questions. Like, a lot of people don't answer questions. So it, I, the feedback came back immediately that I was doing the right thing it seemed like for where I was headed. So I was trying to focus on Sony and trying to like help people show what these cameras can do and the feedback came, came back immediately. I uh, sent a couple links to Sony Alpha Rumors, they shared it, and then before you know it you have a lot of people checking it out and if they like it, they share it
1: pretty immediately. I, I think Michael found that out pretty quickly when uh, he started monitoring the, the responses that were coming back as far as emails going. and. Uh, you know there are tools that started uh, coming into play, uh, such as Alexa rating and 3D stats, where you could start watching the number of hits and page views go up, and, and you eventually put a counter on the page, and uh, it, you know, it 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 grew very rapidly. at to a point where, you know, the numbers were staggering of of who was visiting a homemade site basically, and I think that was kind of the magic back then. It was a homemade site, and you know there was a lot of uh, of trust in uh, what Michael shared because it was what other people were either finding out for themselves and or learning from. So, um, and, and to today, it's still a very popular site. One of the things that uh, I remember when I came on board and Michael was uh, teaching me all the ins and outs of the site, uh, there's over 6,700 other sites linking into Luminous Landscape as a resource. And, you know, that's Probably more valuable than anything else in regards to you know driving business to the site. And we monitor our stats and and all the different things very, very carefully, and you know have managed to stay uh, you know very up there in regards to um, you know the ratings and so forth as far as an audience goes. And of course, a lot of things are changing today, and we can hopefully discuss a little bit about you know changes in audience and the the whole business model.
2: I think that's very important. That's what keeps people, they're like, oh, okay, this is worth sharing with somebody, as opposed to I oh, was interesting. There's a there's a difference. There's that threshold where someone will share it or link back, like you were right. saying, sixty one hundred. You know, that's a when you get people coming in from other sources. Oh, I was referred to you uh, on the DP Review forum to check out your site or whatever. You know, that's that's yep. exactly that's, how. Those are the best types of links. I totally agree. Yep.
0: So now you have all of these readers, you have all of these enthusiasts, you have all of these followers, and you have all these people sharing sites going back and forth. How is it all funded? We mentioned up front that you guys are affiliates, as most of these sites are. If somebody reads about a product on your site and they click on it and buy it from BNH or somebody else, you get a few points, a percentage of it, and it all adds up. And that's, that's basically you're running a store. Um, what, what other methods do you have aside from that? Because, again, there has to be some kind of a, a financial payoff at the end of the day if, to make it worthwhile.
2: Well, you know, you got the you got the Google ads, of course, you have ad revenue, you can sell space on your website to other websites if they're interested in that. I don't do that. But a lot of sites do. Um,
0: Is there a reason why you don't? Or you just
2: logistically and the time, I I just unfortunately haven't had the time to venture out and offer things like that and deal with dealing with the background work is is very time consuming. And I, I just haven't I have a full-time job, so I don't need the money, arguably, you know, right. so I don't really do it for the money. It Maybe. doesn't hurt, though. No, it helps. <laughs> so, yeah, Don't get me wrong, I don't turn it away. <laughs> I mean, no one's going to turn money away. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of different ways you could do that. But I do see selling on the side of a website is a good way. Also, uh, subscriptions you could do if you wanted, or you could do workshops like Kevin was saying. But uh, there's also now fan funding pages you could use. I actually just signed up for uh, this uh, fan crowdfunding site called Patreon. Mm-hmm. And it's a way that uh, users, if they like your site, they can give you like a dollar a month or something. It's whole, totally voluntary, but it's like a way to say, hey, Jay, here's a beer. You know, I appreciate that help. Thanks. You know, or and it, it, there's little things. There's all different ways like that where you can try to maybe get, you know, a couple dollars here or there a month. And at the end of the month, you have enough to pay the bills, you know, or at it's least
0: virtual panhandling. It's great.
2: Arguably, yeah, <laughs> or begging, yeah, no. e-begging, they call it. You know, a lot of words for it. Uh, you know, um, but the bottom line is, you know, it, there is a value to what we do. I mean, uh, you know, people come and they get something from you, like they get something out, like, oh, now I know how to use my camera better. Like, there's a value to that. You used to have to. You know what would you do no, before gear, the gear. gear that
3: you get is? Do you pay for it yourself? You're buying everything yourself, or do you get oh, you're yeah. getting it through affiliates or? Oh, the not, gear that I selling, review, obviously, yeah.
2: No, the gear that I review, I get from BH Photo. Okay. They send me gear. Um I ask for a certain amount of gear, and then they'll send it to me like once a month, pretty much, and then I'll review it and send it back.
1: You know, we're we're a little bit different at Loom this landscape, um, which I'm very proud of, and. Originally, there was no advertising and at some point Michael decided to start selling ads because people were asking, can we put ads on your site? Um, when you have a site with as many viewers and the demographics that we have, uh, that became you know, very – Important for the vendor. So that eventually,
0: now we have advertising. It's nice when people say, Can we give you money? And rather than going to them and say, Can I have some money? You know,
1: just, so, <laughs> that is nice.
0: There you is know, something nice about and that. I, it. And
1: this is a business model, and we'll talk, I'll, I'll progress into a little bit about the whole business aspect of things. Um, so we started running ads on, on Luminous Landscape, and um, we also had videos that we were selling tutorials for. So that became a very big part. Of uh, the income at one particular point, specifically when Lightroom was new, and we had a great, you know, nine-hour tutorial in Lightroom, and uh, sold thousands of those, so that became a, a good. And
0: these you also did in-house, or did you get it? Uh, no, outside? they were all done in-house. So so everything you're, you're doing. You're,
1: doing is you're, Chris Sanderson, like- I'll, I'll mention his name. He's the the guy behind all the videos. Um, and a partner in the business with us and he's he handles the whole video side of things and you know that's changing too we'll talk hopefully a little bit about that because that's a huge change coming on board with all the different aspects of things but our, so our model is based upon advertising videos and our workshops and uh, the workshops were usually all-inclusive high-end workshops to Antarctica and we do one of those every year we fill a boat with 60 70 people uh, last year we we did two and Um, This year, we've got one in November, which is a three-week trip to both South Georgia Island and Antarctica. Um, And they're remarkable, life-changing experiences, and they're all photographers. So that was our model. Um, recently, uh, we, we had to make some choices as we're watching the, the, the business model change. Advertisers are saying, well, we're going we're to pay less. Uh, a lot of photographers out there doing workshops. So uh, that is being diluted to, uh, you know, there's a lot of choices as far as workshops go and who you go to. I'm and, sorry, are advertisers are paying less because there's more sites out there? I, I think there the when there's more sites, but they also are aware of that uh, ad blockers, which is a major challenge. Uh, Life changer for many websites are coming into play very big time, where people can opt to block ads. So yeah, you know, it made a
2: huge difference. And, and so
1: you know, this is this is a big changer because people go, oh, I can buy this app and block all the ads from uh, disturbing me on on the site. And a lot of that was generated because of these Google AdSense ads. Now, Luminous Landscape doesn't have pop up ads. We don't do Google AdSense, and the only affiliate we work with is B and H. You know, there are a lot of sites where, you know, you'll see an announcement and you'll see Adorama, B&H and, you know, Amazon and, you know, any others that might be relative to uh, affiliate programs out there and, you know, that's the way they make their money. That's not the distraction that we want to have at Luminous Landscape. And if we do deviate anyway and we, we just went to a membership site and talk about deviation, it's pretty interesting the feedback you get from your readers very quickly. Our readers are loyal;
0: they've been with us a long time, and you know, if you change the font, you hear about it. Now, one of the things you're going to be doing now, or just start doing, you have a paid subscription base. Um, what's the difference between what you get free and what you pay for, and why did you do that? What was the? It's a, it's a. I
1: think it's it's a thing that's coming of age, and many sites are beginning to have to look at, you know, if this is our business model and this is how we're doing business. And you look at revenue streams and the different aspects of, you know, keeping you alive as a business, you have to make some choices. And Chris and Michael and I took a drive from Portland, Oregon to the Palouse and we made a decision that, you know, we have a lot of good content, but if we are going to grow into the future with what our dream has originally been and to share the passion and photography and be a resource for photographers, that the only way we could do that is to come up with a new model of monetization. And, you know, we batted around $29, $59, $79. And, you know, all of a sudden it was like, what are we doing? We have a load of readers and subscribers. We don't, we would love to continue with a free model, but it's just almost impossible. When you look at the, the what it takes to create the site and maintain the site and do all the different things, uh, that come to New York like we have and create three or four days of content, you know, you're talking expenses. This is a business. And as a result, you know, n- no different than any other business, we had to find a way to do it. So we said, let's make it
0: simple, dollar a month. And how's the feedback been for that? Oh, some amazingly people be funny. good. What we
1: did, and what this was I think the clincher, and this is where I think we're going to see you know, some major things is by changing to this membership model, we also took all the video content, which used to cost $150 a year if you wanted to have a subscription to the video content, and made that part of the $12 model. So you get all the content that we offer up on a regular basis, three articles a week, and, you know, from some great contributors, from us, good gear reviews. You also get all the videos, not only the videos that we're producing, and we've got a ton of them in the can and that we're working on because we believe that video is a very important part of content these days. But you get all the past videos, all the video journals, all the tutorials, all for $12, not a month, a year. And, you know, this is all of a sudden a new model. And a lot of this was inspired because the trip we came from was where a number of other websites, we were invited to a, a launch of a product and a lot of other, the Uh, content providers were there and a lot of them were sharing the same things. The ad rates are going down and they didn't have videos. They didn't have workshops as an income stream. You know, if you're going to really try to maintain and be viable in the future, you got to exist.
0: My feeling is always that if Getting something for free and paying for it, that gives it a different value also. I think when people pay for something, they also appreciate it and maybe even gain a new level of respect for whatever you're doing.
1: Yes, we had a load of people uh, when we started this and we were going to make the whole site a pay site, uh, have objections to things. Now we listen to our readers one way or another, we hear them right. um, and one of the main objections was the forum has been such a big part of our website and that's visited very heavily. Um, and we heard our readers and we made the pay site everything but the form. So, so the form you can is still, still
0: free and that's, that's good. Now,
1: we do have an option saying if you're going to sell something on the form
0: and make money, you might as well you, – you have to become a member to, to, to do that. So here's a question for you. Something that's interesting about all of these photo sites is that they're founded and, and run by photographers. They're not writers, but much of the content is written. So how did you find making the transition from being a photographer to somebody who creates pictures <laughs> with words, which is an art in itself, Ooh. and it's not easy?
2: No, you know, like Kevin said earlier, I just kind of write how I talk. And when you're reading it, it kind of sounds like you're just, I'm just talking to you. So it's not necessarily written like how a writer would write. Um, but over time, I've, you know, you learn and you try to try to paint the picture or share a funny moment to make the reader more You'd engaged. be conversational
0: rather right. than technical. Exactly.
2: Really. That, that's what I tried to do. And I try to relate more personal things into my writing to make people feel like, oh, I can relate to that, you know, and things like that. So I've kind of moved that direction. But um, I've never really dove into learning how to write, like uh, taking a course or anything like that. So I'm not sure if any other uh, people have, but
0: um, – now, you well, mentioned earlier that you you felt that you've definitely made a transition since the first time you wrote to where you are right it, now. It's as well. kind of
1: funny to you know move from management kind of business aspects of things and uh, you know being able to speak in front of uh, the public and teach, which I did very well, to actually trying to articulate that uh, uh, through the keyboard. And Michael is just the most articulate, interesting person when he writes, and. Um, Product of Canadian education versus an American education (laughs) problem. So nothing's worse than being – But he had to uh, wait six months to see the principal. First off, I'm not the best typist in the world um, and it's hard to get started. But one of the most satisfying things for me over the last few years is once I can finally isolate myself and stay focused on writing and really work hard on doing it because it it takes – it's work for me to, to write it's the most rewarding part it's a whole new you know kind of passion i'm beginning to find is i'm loving doing what i'm doing but you know i do rely on somebody else to take a look at uh, the grammar and the spelling side of things afterwards cuz i read all my errors just the way i kind of type
3: them out do which, you hire you hire
1: copy editors or well, freelancers not so much. Or, yeah it's a copy editor yeah. I, w- w- it's somebody who Kind of um, is basically uh, an educator and outside of things, and she reads through the the content and changes it so that you know the grammar is correct, and you know the, she watches for the the times where I have three does in the word rose <laughs> for some <something> reason. <laughs> this matter. is not the a full-time, went out. full-time staffer yeah. though. This is not full-time staffer. No, she's part-time just... on contract staffer. So okay. um, you know we're not to that point yet. But
2: um, plus, people are photographers coming in, and they're not yes. writers themselves, and they're not really looking to read a novel. They're looking to get information <laughs> and learn something. and well, Of course, f- there's some people like that happen to be (laughs) teachers and stuff, and they'll let you know that you got
0: everything wrong. But the majority, it seems for me, at least at my site. I I have to ask now is that all of these sites have been educating photographers and, and making a lot of people extremely knowledgeable and experts in many, many fields and aspects of photography. And they like writing back to all of these sites. There are some people that just go trolling all day long for this sort of thing, and they'll take any opportunity to have their name show up on the internet. I'm sure you both have to feel a lot of that. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Where do you draw the line?
1: At Loomless Landscape, we don't have comments to an article, we have a form. And if you want to comment on that article, you have to join the form. So you have to go through a process and answer some very difficult questions so that we know you're not like a robot. Uh, and so you pre-qualify everybody. Well, nobody's pre-qualified. In we sense. don't say no if you can. It definitely you know, weeds answer,
2: out a lot of the trolls, though. Hey,
1: but you know, it does weed out the the trolls and the spiders. So, you know, you have to answer a number of questions, like um, you know, what's six plus three, you know, times two. <laughs> so, and you'd be surprised how many people write. Um, okay. What's the trick question? Cause I don't think I got the answer right. I can't get into the form. So that happens. And, and we continually change those questions. Um, so there's no comments on an article. So we, we avoid a lot of the negativity, but if you do want to comment, you can start a topic on our form about the article and, you know, begin to engage in a discussion. So there's a difference between leaving a comment or being part of a discussion on the article itself.
2: Oh, that's, well, we, we do a little bit different, at Sony Flaib. I, I actually do allow comments on actual articles. Um, and what I do is I moderate all of them to weed out, you know, arguably the, the bad ones. But um, 99% of the comments are good, usually. And I do enjoy having the comments below the article specifically because it answers a lot of questions. Um, people will ask questions related to a camera and or lens, and maybe I didn't cover that specific thing and they'll ask questions, and then other readers will then read the comments and ask questions on those comments. So it helps drive the article, I believe, and help add to the content of the article in a lot of ways. And, and do you um, have
3: cases where someone will give the wrong answer, and oh, do, sure. you, do you moderate that and never put it up, or you just no. kind of respond? And, yeah, yeah, no,
2: I, I put up almost everything. Only if someone's throwing out hate or something really negative or yelling, you know, that's the only thing I block. Any kind of question or anything like that, I always allow, and I, I try to be Just answer as best I can in a positive manner. And that really diffuses any negativity. Like sometimes people will be angry uh, that whatever I I mentioned that this lens might be better than the one they have. And they're like, well, my lens is better, or what, you know what I mean? (laughs) And they get angry because they think that they made the wrong decision. But that's not really the case. They didn't make the wrong decision, you know. But you see, you just reply as such. You know, I try to be, well, that's also a good lens. You know, this one I just feel, or whatever. And it usually diffuses any kind of. But it's easy to get caught in a trap there. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I learned Can over time. Ask, is this
3: something that nowadays, let's say in the film era compared to the digital era, or even te- the, now we're in the
1: smartphone era, whatever you want to call it, do you think people's opinions are stronger? I on think these people's subjects? opinions are stronger. I think there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time on forums. I think there's a lot of people that hide behind their keyboards. But don't get me wrong. For every one of those, there's probably 10 people Absolutely. that have very good intentions with a lot of knowledge that enjoy sharing what they've learned you know, in their experiences. And I think that's what makes the strength of the forum work. And so sometimes you got to take the pepper with the salt.
2: Exactly what you were saying is what I was thinking the whole time. Like, you get people that contribute like, and they love to help people. So you get these experts come in. Like i got a bunch of Sony artisans on my forum that stop by. And they'll throw like they read, but they don't often comment. But they're there, so I could see that they're there on the bottom. Like uh, Spencer Pablo, he's one of the guys who comes on there, and uh, it's just cool to see. Like eventually, people will be struggling with something, and I'll look and I'll say, "No, I think that guy will be able to." You know, let me let that guy handle this, and then I'll watch him grow. You know, and then before you know it, now that guy's like, "Oh, you know, I'll give him a, I'll give him like a reward for that." You can reward members for doing something, so I'll give him, and then they're like, "Oh." I just helped that guy. I got a reward. They get that little feeling in their belly, and before you know it, they're jumping to help people. Now they're researching stuff, you know. So it's like it's the community of the forum is can be amazing. Any good you know?
3: stories about uh, photographers that have gotten together or friendships and relationships that have grown through the forums or through the sites? I think there's uh, a lot of that. Oh, I've yeah. I've made
1: I've made a point specifically sometimes if I know I'm going to a certain region, you know, to call up one or two the more active form users that I, I know that are part of it and say, hey, you know, let's get together for coffee and go do a, a walkabout and do some shooting together. And it's really, really nice, specifically sometimes when you get to an expo or a convention or, or when you meet people. I was in Amsterdam about a year ago coming back from a workshop, and I'm just going doing my thing along the canal shooting pictures, and three people stop me and said, you know, we watch and read your form and your site, and thank you very much. You know, it's nice to see that, and it's a community, and I love that part about it. What do you guys think of, of rumor sites? Any, any? I think um, there's a place for them. I will read rumor sites because I find they're interesting, but I've always found never, you know, trust the rumor. There's too many rumors, and you know, uh, and a lot of leaks. It's it's pretty funny how
2: they're more wrong than accurate. Uh, yeah, well, so like it's- we get a
0: lot of a lot of cameras in sometimes two or three weeks or a month before they're actually released and it's fun to actually look at the real product and compare it to the rumors. And it's 50-50, quite honestly. Sometimes they're dead on and sometimes they're so wrong.
1: Well, what's, what's hard for us is um, we have a very good relationship with all the vendors out there, um, every one of them pretty much. And um, I have a, a drawer full of NDAs. So it's funny when we start seeing the rumors and start seeing the little things on the forum, we can't talk a lot about it. Right. Uh, and uh, and we won't. we sometimes get cameras ahead of time, but we won't actually test with that camera. Or, when we want to give a hands-on review, which is what we do at uh, Luminous Landscape, we don't we don't want to be the first out the door. We don't want to, you know, make press release announcements. You know, we don't say anything until the we have something to say about it. Uh, there's too many sites you can go to for rumors, and they're fun to read. I mean, I
3: have let my me, morning me, breakfast about, with them. about
1: the rumor sites. And this gets back to
3: one of my earlier questions: Why do you think there are rumor sites nowadays? Did that exist before? I mean. In let's say in the pre digital era, did people worry about
1: what was, no. you know, Cause we down would, the line? Because we would buy yeah. a Nikon FTN and keep it for six years. And, you know,
0: when the they, Nikon F3 was made for 26 years. Yeah. So no, we're
1: having like about 500 CM. It's like, okay, finally had enough money to buy this camera. It's not going anywhere for 10 years, it, it'll last forever. Um, it, you know, the times have changed. And um, the, the, what, what's happened, I think, here with um, photography in the last 10 years is gear. There's a – people are just addicted by the technology that goes with it and I'm, I'm more or less guilty.
2: Yeah, you know, totally guilty. The
1: Gear gear side of things, <laughs> camera bag side of things. Oh, geez. You it's know, overwhelming. You know, I have to go to group session every Tuesday night for this. You know? <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a problem but it's, but it's also fascinating. So obviously rumor sites are going to exist a lot of times because people want to know what's coming. It's like, wow, well, okay, you know, uh, how fast are things changing? And yeah, things Should are I buy this camera so or should I wait?
2: Quick. Like when is the 6100 coming <clears throat> out, for example? I, I want to buy the 6,000, but if the 6100 comes out next week, I won't forgive myself. So they just keep checking the rumor sites and keep checking and checking.
3: And this is what I've been wanting to get at this whole time. <laughs> Shouldn't the people that are spending their time worrying about what next camera is coming out just be out using yes! the camera they have? taking pictures. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, isn't that what we're at here? And, and I, I I'm sure I mean, you guys are photographers first and, but how many
1: people out there are not even shooting? They're just reading. That's uh, a lot. Yeah. There's a, quite a few of them.
2: It's uh, yeah.
1: And, and we hear it on the forum every now and then somebody gets a little snarky and they go, all
0: right, enough. Just go out and take a picture. We talked about establishing these sites. We talked about funding these sites. We talked about making money from these sites. Um, Luminous Landscape has taken a little bit of a different turn on things right now. You're not just giving, having contests, you're giving grants to photographers. You now have the Luminous Landscape Endowment Program in which you're funding people to go out and shoot their own projects. That to me is A, wonderful, B, fascinating. Could you give us some information about that?
1: Okay, I'm going to basically give Michael all the credit. Michael's had some challenges over the last few years health-wise. And when you start having challenges, um, you begin to think, you know, legacies and what, I, what, what am I all about? The whole concept of the luminous Landscape was a site that would give back to the readers, you know, good content and good material. And he thought, what, you know, what can I do? I want to encourage photographers to apply for a grant and if it's a good application – We'll award them X amount of dollars to go out and fulfill that, that wish, that desire of theirs to go, you know, photograph the haystacks of, you know, uh, Nebraska or take a trip to Antarctica or something along that line. And as a result, uh, knowing a lot of people both in and out of the industry, uh, we got a large amount of contributions Um a surprisingly number of contributions. So, if you Are go these from th-
0: individuals or from companies? Well, a lot of a them
1: right in the beginning it was from individuals because while these individuals were contributing to the site, we were also applying for our 501C, which is the nonprofit status. Uh, we received that uh, at the end of last year, December, on our first go-round. It takes a long time to get through. and Usually you have to go through several iterations. Uh, we had good people working on it, and we've achieved that – Status And that's a big stepping stone because now corporations and other companies can look at what we're doing and contribute and form their own grants, which we encourage. Meaning if you're XYZ company and uh, you want to give a grant, whether it be with your product or focusing on a particular aspect of uh, some topic, then somebody can apply for a grant in that area. And uh, we have a really good uh, board of judges and a good board of directors. And those judges will evaluate those and twice a year will we'll award a grant.
2: Yeah, that's an amazing thing you guys are doing. That really Thanks. is amazing.
0: So uh what what kind of directions do you see for Sony Alpha Labs uh, based on where you've been, where you are, and where you'd like to see this your site go?
2: Well, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough I share so much of the same uh, passion is Kevin here and I'd love to go in the direction of some a lot of those things like workshops, things like that I, but I also have been heading heavily towards video and using YouTube as a tool to create productions that vary uh, some can be reviews um, you know YouTube's the the ability to use video is so powerful because you have I mean you could show off what cameras can do, but you can also utilize it as a tool like by using a green screen you could, I mean, you could create so many different things with video um, that you can't really do with pictures and, and writing.
1: Well, my suggestion, obviously, and you, if you haven't figured out, I'm pretty passionate about things. <laughs> yes. You you seem to be very passionate about what you're doing with the Sony cameras. And gosh, you know, they're damn good pieces of gear. I, I certainly enjoy them. You know, and you're going to reach that point where you're going to have to decide. And, you know, I have no doubt uh, based upon, you know, listening to you and seeing what you've you've already done with the site that you're going to – you'll succeed. And you'll know when the time is right.
2: Oh, I appreciate that and, confidence. And you know,
1: all of a sudden you'll be home and, and spending more time with the kids, but oh, also doing what you're, 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 you you want to do. So, and you know, don't you just remember you're going to have that day where you're going to say, "Oh my God, you know, I'm going to have to make a decision." And in, you're going to probably have days you have remorse, but if you march forward, you're you going to succeed tremendously. You have it built into you, I can tell, by just sitting next to you for the, <laughs> the last you know, hour or so. So, Well, this is I the really point where I that. say,
0: and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, John, our producer and my co-pilot. And thank you, Jason Tables, our engineer. Give us your opinions on Twitter at bhphotovideo with the hashtag Photo podcast, and please rate and leave your review on iTunes. My name is Alan Whites. Thank you so much for tuning in today.
1: Thanks, Alan. It's Thank great you. being here.
0: Yeah.